Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. It is Saturday, February 24th, 2024. I'm Doug, this is MUFON Matt, and we have Constance Victoria Briggs here. How you doing, Constance? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So Constance is an author, researcher, public speaker on galactic history, cosmic mysteries, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. Amongst other things, you do public speaking. Do you do you I, talk at the I, conferences? Um, I've done. I've done two. Yeah, yeah. But well, that, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, the book, the book, I that drew me toward um, you is the uh, Moon's Galactic History. A look at the Moon's extraterrestrial past and its connection to Earth. Um, what do you uh, what? compelled you to uh, write about that? Well, um, you know, I've always been a, a, a big believer that we're not alone in the universe. And um, I've always felt a connection to, uh, to, to some pull of something else. I've never been quite normal on this earth. So I was always drawn to the study of uh, life out there. But when it, it, when it came to the moon, you know, during my research, I mean, I didn't know there was anything going on with the moon. But during my research of, of my other books, I was coming across uh, stories of interesting things happening with the moon. And uh, there was this one uh, ufologist from the 70s by the name of Don Wilson who wrote um, a, a two books. One was uh, Our Mysterious Spaceship Moon and Secrets of Our Spaceship Moon. It was the first book that really opened my eyes that there is something going on with the moon and there are possibly extraterrestrials up there. So, you know, all, both of those were kind of my jump starts, my, my personal research into other areas, and I kind of stumbled on information. But Don Wilson really propelled me out there, and I dedicated my uh, my Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries, you know, I, I, I dedicated it to to his help, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. I well, the things I've heard about the moon, I don't want to, you know, give away anything in the book, but um, that it was brought here eons ago from a dying um, universe, or uh, the full, and it was full of people, and it was an actual ship that they pulled, you know, through space, and then it, you know, and then it ended up here, you know, in the earth, by the earth. And that it's actually still hollow, and I don't know if people are still in it, or. Um, but then it was popular. The Earth was populated by, and this, of course, the theory. The theory is, the Earth was populated by the people that were brought here from the other universe. Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's quite a bit of, of evidence to that being the case. And with my book, um, the, the second Moon book I wrote, the Moon's galactic history, the Moon's galactic history and its extraterrestrial connection. I wanted to tell that story. I wanted to tell the moon story from what we knew uh, from its beginning up until now, from you know my perspective and uh, that that strange history that none of us suspected when we were uh, growing up and looking at the moon in the sky. Now, I uh, I gave several scenarios as to what the moon could have been. All of them were connected to extraterrestrials being inside. Um, and I took it from some of the most uh, common information. It has become more common these days because there are so uh, many people, uh, and I'll get to that in a second, but there's so many people that know nothing about this stuff. So you and I and Matt 
have our hands in this information all the time, right? right. And perhaps your audience, members of your audience, but there are people out there, my next door neighbor would just look at me like I was crazy. Right. Yeah. And what we have going on with the possibility of uh, disclosure coming soon and first contact and education of the masses that we're not alone, I thought I'd put some of that more common knowledge in now. I don't know how much you've discussed on the moon on your show, but I'd like to just get into a little of the history, and I know you have questions, so you let me know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what you were saying, just to uh, look at that evidence, um, we, you know, many of us know that there were philosophers and uh, ancient writers who talked about the moon, there being a time when there is no moon in the sky. You've heard that, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, basically, you know, it starts back, these writings go back and talk about the time uh, before the worship of Jupiter, which was very old, that there was no moon in the sky, right? And then, you know, for people who are thinking, oh, well, that's just crazy. Well, you know, we have other evidence besides philosophers' writings to back it up. We have something called the Sun Gate of Bolivia. Do you know about that? Oh, no. haven't heard of that. Okay, so the Sun Gate of Bolivia is an ancient uh, artifact. It's really, you know, a large doorway, a large stone doorway uh, that sits on an area where they did um, astronomical studies. And they wrote, you know, most of that is gone, of course, but the doorway, doorway, interestingly enough, still stands. And on the symbols and the writings of this doorway, it says that the moon came in. It talks about the time when the moon came in and it caused, you know, storms on the earth and chaos on the earth. And when it eventually settled, of course, the calendar changed. And uh, so basically my point is it, it backs up what the philosophers were saying about the moon being brought in. Now, if you go to a, a, one of uh, a native tribe out of South, South Africa, they have an ancient tale. And um, their, their tale talks about how the moon was brought in and that it was um, basically an Apollo. They call, called it an egg, translate that into planetoid, a hollowed out egg or a hollowed out planetoid. And it was sent across the, the universe and it was parked in Earth's vicinity. So that's another story from ancient times. And, and during those times, it is pretty well known now that there were tribes in ancient times that were visited by extraterrestrial beings and we have other writings uh, to uh, tell us that of, uh, of ancient tribes that knew information before they ever should have about the universe and the earth and all of this but what's really interesting if you come fast forward if yeah if you fast forward to uh, the 1960s. And I know some people don't believe the astronauts went to the moon, but I do. And so I talk about them. And uh, so there were two scientists out of Russia that uh, looked at the information that our Apollo astronauts brought back with them. And they, uh, they, they worked for the government, the Soviet, the Soviet government, and they put their reputations on the line and wrote a piece about what they thought. And they said, they called it Spaceship Moon. They said, basically, you know, from looking at what the Apollo astronauts said and brought back, that that is a ship, they called it ship, you know, we can call it megastructure too. Yeah. Um, and they said that it was full of uh, equipment and they thought it was full of, you know, engineering equipment and supplies to last, uh, uh, for a uh, for generations for a people that were coming across the universe. That's what they said. And they called it a kind of Noah's Ark. So I think when you look at all of that information that I, I just talked about, we really have a mystery on our hands of, you know, what it is, where it came from. And if you go to NASA's website, you know, they have had five um, five theories on how where the moon came from. There's been five that have been placed out there. And I, I grew up thinking that the moon was captured, you know, with the Earth's gra gravity. And now it's not a thing anymore, the capture theory. Now people believe that uh, the moon came from a material that was spewed into the universe when a planet smacked Earth, right? right. Now, NASA hasn't committed to that. But if you go to their website, they say, oh, well, we think 
I mean, basically, yeah. we think that that's how it occurred, but they haven't committed to it. There is no definitive uh, way that anyone can say the moon, you know, came to be here. So that's my my little moon start of my moon history. But I talk about other things too in the book about you know it being uh, these days there could have been uh, people in there, and as you said, Doug. Uh, they could have left the moon and come to Earth. That is the question. Right. Are there still are are there beings still in there living inside the moon? And some of them, when they were parked here, came to the Earth because they were, for example, escaping a uh, exploding sun. Or who knows? It could have been something else. You know, I believe that uh, we live in a, ga a galactic uh, community. And I think that they have politics out there. I mean, it could have been something political, something religious, yeah. find escape. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. You find it unusual. I don't know if it's unusual, but when there's an eclipse, that the moon's exactly the size of the sun. Well, you know what the odds are of that happening like that? <laughs> right. You know, I mean, did they put it in that exact spot? for a, a purpose, which we don't really know right yeah. now. Um, so, mm -hmm. There's a theory on that, Doug. There's Let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah. in my book, I have a chapter on signs and signals. And um, it is thought that the moon was placed this way because the odds of it, you know, being able to uh, behave like you just said it does are just, you know, not really possible. Right. And, and they think that it was placed that way so that when we matured, when humanity matured, as we were studying where we came from, perhaps we would look up and say, you know, that's just crazy. You know, that couldn't be that way. Right. And they think that maybe it was a sign right. put there for us to understand that we're not alone in the universe, that we started from somewhere else, that there's someone else out there. And hopefully would one day reach to the stars and, and, and ask these questions. Right. So it was basically a sign for us to know that there is other intelligent life out there. So this isn't where humanity began. This is kind of, there was already humanity on Earth, and then the moon people got here and joined up with the current population on Earth. Is that that's one, that's one theory. That's one theory. Yeah, early on. Yeah, the one I heard was that the, um, they were the beginning of the, you know, possibly the ones that had, you know, mated with other, you know, earthlings, earthlings, or yeah. whichever, not Cro-Magnon, but the, one of the other variants. And then that's how modern man actually, and woman got, you know, got started that's a theory we all talk about the theories i yeah. don't really know, <laughs> <Right>. you know? <laughs> that theory that theory of course is related to uh one of them is related to the anunnaki right. <clears throat> they are uh quite uh popular these days yeah yeah i'm yeah. losing my voice and uh it is uh some thought because some will say no 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 the Anunnaki did that the Anunnaki were from nibiru and the Anunnaki came from nibiru and did that However, there is a, a thought that the moon may have been placed here by the Anunnaki. Right. That the Anunnaki may actually own the moon. Um, that there may be Anunnaki on the moon today and uh, may be operating from there and watching Earth. So there is a theory that there is a connection with that group that I, I, you've probably heard of called the Anunnaki. Yeah, there, right. That is a theory. But we don't really know for sure. But there is... Um, you know, uh, some text that when the first man, uh, Adam, who was also known as Adapa in the Sumerian text, which is how we learned about the Anunnaki, it said that Adapa, you know, was, was talking about the moon and kind of, you know, there's a theory that, you know, the first man and, and the primate uh, connection of being uh established with DNA from the Anunnaki. First, it may have happened there and then here. But we don't know. We don't know. That's just a theory. But it's an right. interesting one. Right. Yeah. And one of the, on the, the last, I don't know if it was this last moon landing, but there was another story that came out that said that 
um, I don't know which astronaut it was, but he was approached by a being and told, get out and don't come back. Did you ever hear that one? Yeah, you know, I, I know about that story. I don't honestly know about anyone uh, being approached by a being. I've just been told that they were, to that they were you know, people have speculated that they were told to, to, to not come back. How that happened, I actually haven't found that information, even though I keep hearing the story. And I do believe it occurred um, be because, you know, we haven't been back. Uh, yep. So honestly, I can't tell you what astronaut it was and uh, what they saw. I think that story may have come from from John Lear. Um, and I, you know, I'm only familiar with some of his research, but that particular part of how that happened, I don't know. I just, I just have heard that it has happened. But I will tell you this: there is, um, there is a story surrounding the Apollo astronauts and the ones before. Yeah. The whole the, the whole uh, line of Apollo missions uh, were con con contacted by extraterrestrials in one form or the other. Um, some of them very minimally, but all of them had UFOs following them or strange lights following them. On their way to the moon, they all encountered something. Even uh, there's a story, you know, for the one that didn't make it, Apollo 13, that uh, uh, they were helped by extraterrestrials to get home. Now that hasn't been proven, but the a lot, of, but the other ones have. There are records of all of the missions having had some some kind of contact, but the big one came with uh, with Apollo 11. So um, Neil Armstrong's best friend came out. And uh, he was interviewed, well, I mean, he came out and talked. He was interviewed by uh, Linda Moulton Howe, an amazing journalist who I just adore. And she got this scoop. She talked to him and he said that Neil Armstrong told him that when they were in the uh, command module, they, they were going to land. And they saw initially what looked like ships or lights around the crater where they were going to land. And they had to turn the uh, command module so that it, uh, you know, wouldn't hit, and also uh, it wouldn't be filmed. What, whatever, however they were doing that. Now, once they landed on the moon, the story is, and this has been uh, corroborated. This story. At first, I thought, okay, well, it's a theory. They said it, it happened, but no, we've had people come out and and uh, talk about it, and I'll tell you about it. But anyway, they're going to they land on the moon. And they had to, or they couldn't turn around and go back <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> and then, I mean, you know, yeah. I would have wanted to turn the ship around and go back, right? Like, yeah. I'm out of here. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. But I don't think they could do that so easily. No. So they end it. They had, you know, they're being seen from, you know, the thing is uh, being recorded, them getting off. I yeah. don't know if some of that footage were cut out or not of what they saw or how that worked, but they saw spaceships on the edge of the crater and they get there and they are freaked out. It wasn't a calm thing. They had to get on the secret line to mission control. Yeah. And they're like, you know, we're seeing these, these, these spaceships here and uh, they're watching us. And uh, they were cut out for two minutes. All right. So that the audience couldn't hear it. They were on a secret line and they were freaking out. Now there was a man by, Oh shoot. I'm going to forget his name. Um, Oh, shoot, I, I, the name is escaping me, but he yeah. is known as the father of Mission Control, and he created Mission Control, and uh, he worked very closely with the astronauts, and when he uh, retired or, you know, was leaving, he did come out and talk about it. So if you can't, uh, if you can't believe the person who worked with the astronauts and who created Mission Control, okay. who can you believe? I don't know why it's escaping me. His name is escaping me this morning. I'll try to, to get that going while we're talking. Yeah. It was also, um, there was also a story that they had released something that had hit the moon, um, and it actually made a reverberating yep. sound as though it was hollow, you know, like a bell. That was when they were trying to put the flag in, right? Was it when they yeah, tried to put the flag in? Yeah, they yeah. were doing something, and then it, it just... It, 
kept reverberating for a while. Um, that's kind of completely the story, but it wasn't when they tried to. Did you say hit? Yeah, I, they, I thought they dropped something though. I thought, oh, was I think it, what it was? So what they did was they sent the uh, ascent stage, which was part of the uh, lunar module, and, and they dumped it. They they hit the moon with this. And it reverberated. And they did this actually a couple of times, two different missions. And it uh, reverberated, and it shouldn't have done that. The first time it did that, uh, the, the NASA scientists were freaked out. And, uh, you know, they eventually had a made a public statement. And they basically said it rang like, you know, rang like a bell. Uh, that's where the yeah. phrase came from. It re but it wasn't ringing, you know, like a bell. It was reverberating. Yeah. And they said it shouldn't have happened. The only way that that could happen, you know, is if the moon were hollow. Right. So that takes us back to the uh, Soviets' uh, analysis of it, too, because they're saying that, you know, it's filled with, uh, you know, engineering things and, 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 and it's a Noah's Ark and it's been carrying, you know, people and blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, and that story that it was, you know, a hollowed out egg or a hollowed out planetoid, they kind of corroborated that story without meaning to and they really one of them, the scientists said you know i don't really want to comment it comment on it but you know this shouldn't be happening so yeah it reverberated because they're you could cause it hollow and the thing is you know um uh nasa scientists have talked about us one day going to the moon and because and, and living there not only on the surface but they talked about being inside because the moon, they believe, is full of caverns and opening. And that would protect us if we ever put a colony on the moon. That's one of the places they're considering. Of course, they're considering uh, places on the surface, like, you know, an area that has more light from uh, the days, the daytime and if, you know, than, than the nighttime and all of this. I'm not a scientist. But that is one of the things they're considering. And they sort of corroborated that when they said it, that the moon have these, these cavities inside of it. And that, we believe, is where there may be uh, extraterrestrials uh, residing in. If they're still indeed, well, I believe they're there. Um, some of them may have come here, but they may not. But all of them, you know, some of them may still be there. Or, you know, there's been a theory that maybe they left somehow and maybe it's, you know, a whole other uh, species of beings. Who knows? But I kind of doubt that. I kind of feel like there are uh, beings on the moon, and the moon may be, as someone said, uh, a foreign country with its own government, its own culture, you know, of beings up there, because they've just found too much. There's been too much going on with, uh, uh, they found structures on top of the moon that some of them today look new. We're getting astronomers studying the moon where they're saying, you know, there, there's buildings up there. There's lights up there. It looks like yeah. there are uh, parking lots up there with lights just sitting around craters, you know? Um, and then they've uh, they've found partial structures that looks like, you know, there was a, a war up there at one time, and that's a whole other thing. Right. And then the oh, astronauts, yeah, they saw domes of light there looks like an energy source coming from within the moon so they could be using the top and the bottom christopher Kraft is that the father That's of mission control oh my god i knew <laughs> way to go I didn't know, just a brain did freeze you google that i did <laughs> yeah i didn't not pull that from my empty head i'm like oh you knew that <laughs> and, then, and i wanted to like look at my book and say well what's his name i know his name <laughs> You look up the father of NASA. I, uh, I can. I can. <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah. So he came out and he said that he said they saw someone. Right. He he, he corroborated that story. So it's no longer fiction. That's massive news for the you know the father of Mission Control to come out and say something like that. Right. And right. Did, and did you see the? I'm sure you've noticed the demeanor. They were interviewing the astronauts when they came back. Oh yeah. I think the last mission. And the demeanor of the astronauts during the interview, they just looked unhappy. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> they were. You know, they weren't excited and exuberant. Right. They, as though Somber maybe almost. they've seen more than they wanted yeah. to see. Yeah. 
you know, when they were up there. It was, it was a, I've seen that interview, and yeah. it's striking the yeah. way they the way they acted. I heard there was music too, didn't they? Were either so approach music. or leave. Oh yeah, as they were flying. Yeah, yeah, they were there. Music. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, a couple of quick things. Um, so with with the NASA astronauts, you know, it is rumored that they were threatened yep. to reveal this. And I mean threatened in a big way. I don't know if if, if that's the case. I, I have a really hard time imagining. Maybe I'm just naive of them threatening to to harm them or families or whatever. But they were, you know, mum is the word apparently. Yeah. And yeah. uh and, and when I talked about that interview before, um, with Neil Armstrong's best friend, he said, you know, Neil Armstrong told him that he was, you know, just in this dark this dark place. Yeah. So yeah, I mean if you have been threatened and you knew something, you know, to this magnitude, you know, wouldn't it be depressing or right. hard to face with a smile, the press, you know? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, what was the other thing you just mentioned? Oh, um, the music. The yeah. Music, so, yeah. so this is a, this is interesting. Um, the music wasn't. Uh, well, it kind of went woo. Right. Woo, it was more was, like noise. Yeah, radio static and all of yeah. this. You know, that that occurred, and uh, they you can hear them. They have the tape of this because everything was recorded right. when the astronauts went up, and they were saying, you know, should we, we should we tell? And then they were like, well, somebody one of them said, who's going to believe it? And you know, they were like, oh, did you hear that? Did you hear that? It's going like this, and so this happened when. That mission uh, went around to the the dark side of the moon or the far side of the moon for the first time. They were out of radio contact from mission control for one hour. All right. And that's where they heard it. And um, so when they got back, you know, they did re report it. Um, that, that was put away. They found that recording in a drawer somewhere or a box. I, I think it, I heard drawer, but it could have been a box. They weren't very organized back then. Now, no. so you know, they didn't have what we have today. They didn't have, right. you know, flash drives and all that. They, they put things in boxes. But anyway, <laughs> it was gone, gone for 40 years. And that's why we just found out about this a few years ago. Someone brought it out. And, you know, they said, somebody, you know, one of the astronauts called it music, but it wasn't really music. Right. Now, the theory on that is, at least my theory, if maybe it wasn't just accidental that they heard something, you know, maybe there were beings trying to, to reach them. Right. Who knows? It could have been some sort of signal because that wasn't the first time they heard things. Uh, NASA uh, astronauts, that they heard things the first time they had were in that situation. But there was a, a mission from the Gemini mission, a Mercury mission, I Get them a little confused. It's a lot of information, but I, be I believe it was um, astronaut uh, Gordon who uh, had recorded some what sounded like a foreign language out there, um, and uh, you know they did bring that recording back. And I could have the wrong astronaut, but it's in my book. Uh, they did bring that recording back, and uh, they tried to uh, translate it, and nobody on Earth could translate what they were hearing and what was said. So that could have been another uh, sign or, or a signal from beings on the moon trying to reach us. And there are also maybe more than one species of being up there, okay. all right? Uh, there could be some that originated and some that kind of came in later. There could be groups working together. You know, there have been, there was one occasion where there were lights blinking on the moon that were similar to Morse code. And, you know, it was speculated that there may be someone that was trying to either let us know they were there or asking for help. There's uh -huh. all kinds of stuff going on up there, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, there was Apollo, they talked about Apollo 20, I think. Right. Where it's an undocumented uh, mission that we sent up there and they were, um, they had discovered another craft with dead astronauts from from like know, Russia, from was it a cosmonaut? The cosmonauts, yeah, or yeah, and an actual like a hybrid um, being of some kind up yep. there. Um, that was a, you're familiar with that story. 
It's one of my favorite stories. And, you know, I have to call it fiction because we have we have no real proof. It's been known as fiction, but, you know, when I say fiction, it, it's called the Apollo 20 hoax. But I actually don't think it is, right. you know. But I don't have anyone, you know, I don't have any of some of the um, research that I have on the Apollo astronaut that really leads somewhere, right. you know, that said, this person said this, here's a, here's a, a picture of, for example, there were some blue probes, looks like blue lights around the astronauts. We have pictures of that, of one of them working on the moon, right? I have that, yeah. I can say. But for this one, I can't say I have pictures or I have a, a quote, except for, excuse me, except for William Rutledge. If you believe that R William Rutledge exists, then we have proof that this so-called hoax occurred. Now, so, um, what happened is uh, the Apollo 15 mission took a picture of a spacecraft miles and miles and miles long. I mean, this thing was just enormous. And we have, we have a picture, excuse me. We have a picture of that from that Apollo mission. And the story behind that is that uh, the government was very interested, or I don't know if it was the government or, or, or NASA officials, but they were very interested, which people would say is more than the same. Very interested in this ship. And the story is that they sent a secret uh, mission to the moon to investigate it. They thought it might be an ancient, cra uh, crashed ancient spaceship, Ex you know, extraterrestrial, of course. So they created this, this mission, and it included William Rutledge, who says that he also worked with two, uh, two uh, astronauts, uh, cosmonauts from Russia. Now, he did use the name of famous Russian astronaut in the story. And they go up and, uh, you know, they, they, they land on, they find what looks like the remains of a city and they find a, very easily this enormous ship and they, they do enter it and, you know, they get in there. It sounds like something right out of a movie. They get in there, you know, it's dark and everything and there's nothing as far as uh, from the story I, I've read that they, they didn't see much of uh, light, any light there, but they do find uh, the area where the ship was uh, run from the command center, I guess, and there was, uh, there were two beings there. One of them was a partially, uh, a partial body, and then the other one was uh, very much still uh, intact, maybe because she was a different species. I don't, we don't, you know, we don't know, right. but she was intact. Now, it, we, they called her the Mona Lisa. This, this extraterrestrial yeah. looked Asianic, right, um, and beautiful from what we could see, dark hair. and. But if you look at the picture of her, I mean, she looks like she was connected with tubes and was commanding this ship through thought. But the detail on the picture of her is so intricate. I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen it. But I mean, just, you know, gross things yeah. I mean, for whoever would have created the moan. They call her Mona Lisa. It had to have quite an imagination to put, you know, all this gross stuff in her nose and, and all of this stuff to make this thing look real. Right. Yeah. It looks real. Now, yeah. not only does the Mona Lisa look real, uh, but the uh, space, <clears throat> the, uh, the command module that they took down. Uh, you know, where they landed looked hugely authentic. Um, I don't know if you call that a command module or a little shuttle, but when you go inside, they filmed inside of it, it looks like, you know, it was just made right out of the 60s or 70s. Very yeah. authentic. Somebody, whoever made the film, had to know something about uh, NASA's uh, work, uh, the shuttle, the um, spacecraft. They even had uh, an insignia. For them, yeah. I mean, it was detailed. This is a I film. Believe, 
This is a cell yeah. somewhere? Yeah, it has yeah, a Apollo so 20 insignia. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I've never so, heard of that. That's cool. William Rutledge, just, just Google Apollo 20 okay. and Google Mona Lisa. So William Rutledge is the person, he said he was living in, uh, I believe it was Africa. And he finally decided to upload this, this stuff. And he said it was real. And uh, he put it on, on the internet. And that's where this story came from. But because there's no uh, real uh, evidence from NASA or others, uh, they're saying it was, a, they call it a hoax. Yeah. And that's fiction. And then they, there's a man who came forward from France who said, no, 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 with me. I created all of it. I'm the artist behind it. But if you look at his rendition now of the Mona Lisa compared to what they saw, it doesn't it match doesn't up. Look, right. Wow. Yeah, CIA is obviously involved. <laughs> yes, it's it's everything, right? Like everything. <laughs> Didn't Gordon Cooper say that he had, they had saw some kind of glass triangles? Was that? I, I'm pretty sure he said something about that when he. I didn't hear that one. Yeah. So I, I can't remember. There's so many astronauts with so many stories, yeah. and I do apologize right. for that. But right. there was an astronaut who said that he saw a uh, triangles. Yeah. Uh, that were hovering. Yes. Were they hovering? Yes. That's a hovering story. Yep. No, don't know what those was were. <laughs> don't right. know what those were. Right. But um, you know, they could have been uh, a probe or 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 lights or a, I don't even remember. I don't even know how large they were, Matt, to be honest. And the other thing is the moon doesn't spin. It's always, the dark side is always facing away away from us. Are we surmising that a lot of this is going on on the dark side where we can't see it? Yes, a lot of it is is going on, but there's plenty going on in the front, too. I mean, the the astronauts, the astronomers, Today, you know, with our modern equipment, um, our modern cameras are seeing things up there all the time. Uh, you know, there was a, a, a photograph I saw of a fleet of what looked like a fleet of ships leaving the moon. Right. There's been photographs. And, you know, everybody, by the way, is not creating CGI. And these were made before the whole AI rage. Right. Yeah. Right. Everybody doesn't know how to create fake films and put them out there. I know <laughs> there are some people who can. Every single one of them, they found somebody created it. No. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and there there's some that look like uh, uh, ships are leaving uh, large caverns from the moon, so they're they're getting stuff from the uh, from what the areas of the moon that we can see all the time. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but on the backside, there's a, a legend. Well, there's I saw a picture. I don't know if it's real or not. Of a tower, it's just a huge tower. Is that the Chinese uh, rover or something? Yeah, I think it got a picture of yeah. it. Yeah. So, so there have been a, a number of uh, pictures of towers uh, discovered on the moon. Some right. of these things came out in the 60s, even before the Apollo astronauts went up. Right. Um, from the lunar uh, probes that NASA sent up, they, they came back with some pictures. And there were some very... Uh, um, fascinating researchers from that time that brought this information out, and that that includes uh, Richard Hoagland and Mike uh, Barra, Richard Hoagland, okay. who wrote books on on some of these uh, these images uh, that they that they found up there, and uh, they were they were towers and uh, other uh, other what looks like artifacts left up there, even one that looked like uh, they're calling it the satellite, you know, the satellite disk on the moon. They had all kinds of pictures. Uh, from that they discovered from some of the uh, the uh, photographs that came back, and uh, so but right up to today, they're still discovering things on the moon. And when I talk about uh, a picture with a fleet of ships and what looks like other ships moving around the moon, you know, you have to wonder where are they going? Right. Uh, yeah. you know, are they coming, are these things coming to Earth? Are they still coming to Earth? Are these some? Of the uh, UFOs that have been coming to Earth since for so long, I don't believe that they are the only ones out there that are visiting Earth. Right. I believe that they may be back and forth. We are the closest planetary body to them. Mm-hmm. That's a whole and other episode on that. Yeah. You got to you got to talk well, about my galactic history book. Right. Then we'll get into that one. Well, it's interesting because we seem to be having technical problems every time we go there. Even Odysseus uh, that we that just landed, 
had to use a different method of uh, navigation when it was it's autonomous so it right. was not controlled by anyone but it had you know it lost communication right it, it, they had to change and then with the chinese somebody just crashed one yeah uh not too long ago it didn't it's amazing with the technology we have right now that we can't easily, you know. Well, we have more successful missions <laughs> on Mars than we do the moon, and the moon's so much closer. So yeah. Why? Yeah, why? You're why? Right. Yeah. You're right. It's something like, interfering yeah. that, that doesn't really want us to Maybe the, make it easy. Don't come back. <laughs> What's what? real? What's real? Mm-hmm. So here's a, here's a, you know, Interestingly enough, if it, you know some theory, if someone uh, is on on the moon, you know they may not want us there. They may have want to have nothing to do with with us. You know, we think that the moon is ours. It's not our moon. It's their moon. Right, right. You know? And uh, yeah, they may be interfering with equipment. And when people think of us visiting the moon, they think, well, you know, we've been there, done that. No, guys, no. we've uh, only. Um, Scratch Look the surface. Right. That's right. right. It's less, <laughs> if less even one, less than one percent yeah. of the moon's surface. Yeah. <laughs> less than one percent have we seen. Yeah. And one one a podcast uh, one podcast host said, you know, if there's someone up there and we go, all they have to do is turn off the light. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we only go. We only go to one area at a time. Right. You know. So I have to tell you one of my favorite lunar stories. Um, so the uh, last Apollo mission that went up, I had the little uh, lunar buggy, you know, that little little, little lunar right. car. Yeah. They yeah. were hard. driving the that rover. thing around the then, right? And um, so Walter Cronkite um, was uh, narrating the news for that night. And uh, these guys are on a little lunar buggy, these two astronauts, and all of a sudden, Walter Cronkite says something like, that looks like a man-made structure. And, uh, oh. you know, the audience goes, what, what, what? And it cut out. <laughs> it cut out. They hit the dump button. Yeah. And they were off. Yeah. Okay? And uh, so... What happened in this story is that the two astronauts came across a huge structure, and it was uh, it looked like it was part of what the moon's surface is made of. It looked like, you know, so if you were looking at the moon, you couldn't see the thing so easily. It was a huge structure shaped like a shoebox. All right? Right. And when uh, they came back online 20 minutes later, Walter Cronkite was kind of laughing and said, oh, they they said that the camera on the lunar buggy, or whatever it was called, lunar rover, I call it lunar buggy, accidentally took a picture of itself. (laughs) Way to go. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Because they do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. a journalist did a whole documentary on this thing, and it's up on YouTube, and it is fascinating to watch. Yeah, that's a horrible backpedal, by the way, Walter. Not, not a it's all they could come up with. Yeah, yeah, instantly, right. Oh. And there, there have been people who commented on that and said, you know, my mother told me uh, that when she was little, she was watching, you know, one of the uh, uh, spacecraft going up, and she remembers seeing a structure on the moon in yeah. the on camera. Yeah. Isn't that something? Amazing? Right. Right. Yeah, lies to children. That's always good. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, tell us, you're writing a new book. You have six books. But um, mm-hmm. what's, uh, tell us about the new one you're writing. Yeah, so the new one is a companion. I'm going to show you my books because I'm just so proud of the covers. Yeah. The new one is a companion uh, to the Moon History book. Nice. Um, so before I, I make my little commentary here, here yeah. oh, wait, wait, wait. Here is the Moon's Galactic History. Right. This thing is full of information. I We can't even scratch the surface right. of what's in here. 
But uh, anyway, I take the, uh, the, the moon book, guys. Um, I have, uh, I talk about the moon's mysterious ascension and where it may have come from. Right. And there's more theories about it than I, than I talk about here. The hollow moon, I get into that. Um, is the moon inhabited? Um, our, our ancient aliens connection on the moon, strange happenings on the moon, a moon metropolis, is there a city on the moon and in the moon? Um, if so, who goes there? I'm a heart who goes there, who's on it? Symbols, codes, and clues that they have given us from the moon, possibly. And um, I get into our future for space travel, the moon, and other places we may be going. With the Earth's galactic history, all right, I, I, I kind of followed that format in that um, I, w I told the story of Earth the best that I could because there's so much information I couldn't get in one book. I'm working on a second book. Right. Um, wow. so, but I tried to, to tell the story from beginning to end of how much we have been visited by extraterrestrials on Earth. And I just think it's really important because we need to educate the masses. Right. All right. People come to me with questions uh, about the Earth and what we're seeing in the sky. And they want to know what it is, who it is, how it is, why it is. So I try to answer that as much as I could in this book. I talk about uh, the possibility that we have human origins connected to extraterrestrials. I talk about um, uh, the past history of uh, certain cultures that had connections to ET and how we know and the evidence. I get into extraterrestrials in the oceans, which we should just do a show on this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> USOs? Oh, yeah. Hollow, the hollow inner Earth. We've got the hollow moon theory. But, you know, there are uh, stories about us having uh, beings inside the Earth that may have come from outer space and also that may have uh, originated on Earth. And I, I call them intraterrestrial. Yeah. That may be down there. Um, sign signals includes again for Earth that we have had, and I'll get into that in, in another show, but we've had signals from outer space. Believe it or not, it is a thing. I have found information on uh, the CIA website of signals. You know, it's declassified. It's out there. Um, uh, skies above what the UFOs are, how they're running, who's driving them, possibly. I have uh, in this book. Um, the cosmic freeway, I call it, how they're traveling back and forth. I have more, I have experiences in both books of the astronauts um, and what they experienced out there. But in this Galactic Earth book, I also have uh, what cosmonaut and uh, also others from other countries have come across by way of ET in space. And it is, it is very interesting. Nice. I talk about whether or not there is a battle for Earth, guys. Um, are we being fought over by extraterrestrials out there? And I talk about what is, uh, I call them galactic hierarchies, the alliances and organizations in space that uh, may be running things. What is, That's the, right. what is the Galactic Federation? Yeah, they're, they're, you know, I mean, I have some information on them and I am seeking more. So, okay. I believe that there are one of the main organizations or, or federations, rather, out there. They're not the only one because the galaxy, uh, according to information, is broken down into quadrants. I don't yet know what quadrant, I guess it would be ours, since we uh, hear about them. Or I don't know if they're over all of them or just this one or involved with all of them. Excuse me, but they are supposedly a... Federation that is made up of beings from different worlds. They are doing apparently their own scientific uh, missions for learning and gaining knowledge. And at the same time, they seem to be uh, looking out for uh, other other planets. Uh, that's that's what I know about them. But they are uh, they must have their hand in our disclosure because I believe that it's not just the government, people say, oh, the government is hiding this, is hiding this, and yet they are, they're hiding things. And we've got a whole group of amazing people out there working on it. All right, they're, they've got people out there working on having government hearings and testifying and pushing for the disclosure. So, but I also believe that uh, the Federation has a hand in this because um, 
you know, there are rumors that, uh, and, and I don't know how much of this is true. I've heard gray aliens and I've heard Federation people that met with uh, some of the government and talked to them. So uh, according to um, an author uh, who was an Israeli uh, general, the other, uh, a few years ago, a couple of years ago, he wrote a book. And uh, they did talk about this on TV for a minute because I, you know, I tell this story on every show. I was in my kitchen cooking and uh, the news was going in the background and somebody said Galactic Federation. I kind of spun around and I was shocked. <laughs> and I was like, to my family, who doesn't know anything about this and they don't really listen to me much about it because they're doing <laughs> their own thing and my kids and their own thing in life. You know, in one ear and out the other. But I did say, they just outed the Galactic Federation. Oh my God. <laughs> but, but this gentleman wrote, uh, I believe uh, his name is uh, uh, E-S-H-E-D uh, is the last name. H-A-I-M, Hamin Ashad, I believe, is his last name. Anyway, I'm sorry if I screwed up that name. But he, he wrote in his book, he said, you know, he's a decorated general, he's rich, he's old, he's um, well-known, he can say whatever he wants, he can, you know, come out with this information. He said there are people on uh, the moon, there are, not people, I should say, there are extraterrestrials and humans on the moon working together. Right. He wasn't saying that there's a civilization, so I'm sorry I said people, but he said they were working together with the Galactic Federation. And the Galactic Federation said not to tell humanity because humanity isn't ready. ready. Yeah. So I think they have a hand in it when we will be ready and when uh, the masses will be told, uh, everyone will be told. And um, now we may get some inf more information from the government about things like crashes, who knows, sooner than later. They may have a hand in that. They may okay it. That seems or, to be coming out now. You know, it's coming out a lot more um, to the masses at this point. You know, to the masses, to us, yeah. right, Matt? Yeah. But when you look at the world, if, 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 so many places and people that this information hasn't touched. Yeah. And I think that they are, Matt, I think that they are trying to educate us. And there are uh, rumors that, believe it or not, they're using science fiction right. to try to educate us, which, yeah, you know, I've heard that. Yeah. So it's, and my, if, if I come on again, I'll have to go into my whole Gene Roddenberry story. <laughs> part two. Yeah, part, part two. two Constance, what what does your family think about all this? Well, you know, we have to ask that because we're married to people that have, don't want anything to do with this <laughs> <Right>. subjects. <laughs> right. So I'm married. I have two grown kids. Um, my son, 25, he has always listened to me. Um, I I started this this journey in writing talking about uh, spirituality and metaphysics, and he's always been right there because we have both had some, well, all of us have had interesting experiences. So Keon is his name. He's always listened and been open, and he's open to the to the ET stuff. It's just that his life has gotten so busy now, I don't think he's listening to any of my shows or reading my books. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, my kids, my kids don't. I have uh, three grown boys, and they don't, you know. one, uh, Two of them have been on the show, and they... they they put up with me is about the best. And the other one doesn't it's yeah. like, I don't know you. If you're going to be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. My daughter, Shireen, who's 22, her eyes kind of open wide. Her ears kind of perk up when I say certain things, but she never really questions anything. Right. But she doesn't put me down. She says, oh, I'm so proud of you, Mom. You wrote, you're writing books. I'm so proud of you, Mom. But she doesn't <laughs> read them, right? right. She, doesn't, she doesn't read them. Now, my husband who comes from a, a pretty uh, conservative family. Yeah. Uh, you know, we haven't, I haven't, we haven't known how to really broach the subject with his family. He's open-minded and he's an engineer and he's a skeptic, but he is a skeptic that has been converted, but we still don't have huge conversations. We have some conversations, yeah. but he believes it, but he still hasn't read my books, but he believes it. we have some conversations. He doesn't think I'm crazy. He's just busy. 
so he's not in, as involved. He just read, we just read a book together. I, I read at night. Yeah. Um, right. I, Isaac, Isaac Asimov. Asimov. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, The Gods Among Us. We yeah. read that together, and, and that was just, we blew him away. He's like, oh, let's get some more Isaac Asimov books. Yeah. But honestly, no, he's open-minded. He's, he's open to it. But we didn't, like, we, his family doesn't quite get it. They're from, you know, they're from Iran. My husband is Persian. Right. You know, yeah. And they've, my, they've, you know, they're immigrants that came here. And they don't, I don't think they talk about this much in Iran. No, so yeah. when, the, when the hearings came out uh, from Congress, my husband took that as an opportunity. to try to explain to them <laughs> what they're talking about. Right. And say that it's real. How did that, it's real. How did that go? <laughs> out there. The government is talking about it. And so, my, so then they kind of went, oh, okay. Okay, yeah, we get it. But they still haven't asked me one question. No. I think the problem with the masses is unless it, because everybody's so busy, unless it literally affects their life, they're like, that's cool. Okay, I got to go to work. You know, yeah. so I think unless it literally affects people's lives, they're just going to either be okay with it or, you know, question it or be skeptic. So I think once, and I'm sure at some point it is going to affect people's lives. And that's yeah. the, you know. That's... My, my wife says, if I can't put my hand on it, it yeah. doesn't exist. Mine says, if, <laughs> if it doesn't land on the, on the lawn and say, come on and jump in the ship, she has, she doesn't care. So, yeah. right. So I think it's, I need to affect people. Yeah, and I talk to people all the time about it. I mean, I have, you know, I have a shirt, shirt with the podcast name on it. So people will ask me and um, I'll ask them if they believe. And, you know, they, I usually get a lot of stories that say, and the same thing my dad had told me. He says, there's so many stars out there and planets. There, there has must, to be something. There has to be something else. Scientifically. But that's as much as they really want to. Right. That's as, as deep as they want to go into the subject. Right. Really. Unfortunately, yeah. and most people, they don't find me crazy necessarily. I followed but, it since know. I was ten years old, and I had my first sighting. So, I've been hooked in for thirty plus, for, you know, almost forty some years. Well, until someone uh, has an experience, uh, then they right. they may get it. But you know, there's a lot of people having experiences and that are in shock. Right, right. I mean, like every day. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. How far into the new book are you? Are you almost finished? Or are you... no. <laughs> no, no. I kind of, uh, I'm just getting going on that one. Yeah. Yeah. What's, do you have a name yet? Or are you, are you going to wait? Uh, no, I'm going to keep that top secret for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, you're for not... a little bit longer. I ask a lot of questions. Yeah, you're not read into that, so don't ask. <laughs> don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> don't want to don't want to jinx it, I don't know. <laughs> maybe not, but maybe if we talk again by next time. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, what's the name? Did you give us the names of all your other books, or? Um... Well, you know, I started out writing encyclopedias. I love writing them, but apparently, people prefer the narrative. So, <laughs> I wrote, <laughs> yeah. I wrote. Um, you have one a, called Encyclopedia of Angels. I right? do. The Encyclopedia yeah. of Angels, the, the Encyclopedia of God, yes. uh, the Encyclopedia of the Unseen World, the Encyclopedia of uh, Moon Mysteries, and um, then the two narratives, which will all be narratives from now on, probably, uh, Earth's Galactic History and the Moon's Galactic History. You can get those on Amazon, right? Or, or is Amazon. Yeah, you can get them on Amazon or Google anywhere. I mean, they pop up all, yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Um, have are, a really good distributor. How are sales doing? Are they doing okay? Or I, I don't know how they're doing for the Galactic History book because it just came out in December. The Galactic Moon book is doing okay. <laughs> good. Yeah, uh, Moon Mysteries is, is done. It's done pretty good too. Good. People like that Moon Mysteries encyclopedia. Yeah. But they wanted people were asking for they wanted to hear my voice and my opinion, so I had yeah. to to write the narrative uh, right here. Yeah. So. Right. Great. Well, let's we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Unless there's anything else you'd like to chat about. Um, I, I'll tell you where you can find me on Facebook. You can yep. look under Constant, Constance Victoria Briggs. Um, I have a page. I have uh, a group, uh, Galactic News and Information, Constance Victoria Briggs, New Galactic News and Information. And, uh, yeah, I'm just getting on TikTok and Instagram under, uh, you just look under Constance Victoria Briggs. So that's it. 
Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome questions, comments, or requests to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook. Check out Twitter and Instagram at Alien Probe. And then our website, alienprobe.net. Twitter. Obviously, Twitter and Instagram. Sorry. Alien Probe Pod. And YouTube and Rumble. Check us out on Rumble. Like and subscribe. Constance, it's been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate you. you coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We will uh, we'll wrap it up.